0: What's good, good people? Vets Let's Talk. I got a special guest in front of the formation. Now, hey, hey, she said, I, I got on, I got on the Facebook the IG. I say, hey man, I need some female, I need some ladies to get up on the vets let's talk. And she said, I'll do it. Hey, it's <laughs> staff sergeant Quintalyn Thompson. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Outstanding.
0: How the family doing?
1: They're great, man. They're great. Can't complain. Man, in your, in your uh,
0: early 30s, you, you like an empty nester, huh? You know, kids in the house. How that feel?
1: Oh, amazing. Thank you for the age, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's good. That's good. Hey, let me ask you a question, man. Do, do, like, do you remember where you were during
1: 9-11? Oh, absolutely. Um, bro, I was at Fort Knox, believe it or not. Um, at that time, I was a single parent. Um chilling, thought I was in a good place, you know, supposed to have been a non deplorable location, you know, and I'm um, just heading to work when we start getting calls out of everywhere, you know, and at that time, I was a staff sergeant, I was getting calls, hey, you got to get in here, I'm like, I'm trying, it's crazy out here, didn't understand why, but that's what it was, man, I was on my way to Fort Knox, and going to work, and got the call. Oh,
0: wow, see, everybody. Everybody has a story as opposed to where they were during that time. Hey, man, I seen that same something on your hand. Raise your hand up again. Oh, my God. I know your hand. <laughs> heavy. That, that, <laughs> that thing is blind. And I had to hold my face. Hey, <laughs> well, I, pre- hey, I appreciate you for your time. I do. Of course, brother. Like, I appreciate you for your service. I appreciate you for you and everything that you do. Hey, but before we get started on these questions, man, i like you guys to click that like, share and subscribe. HBO special. Help a brother out. Don't take nothing, man. Hey, how did you imagine military life before you joined?
1: Well, I didn't know what to think. Uh, honestly, um, a young girl <laughs> from eight brothers, you know, living in Atlanta, I I thought it'd be smooth. I thought it was just another job, to be honest with you. Um, some people did the only person in my family at the time that I knew of was military was my grandpa, you know? That was in World War II and everything. So as I was preparing to go to the military, it was kind of funny because my older brother kind of made me go to the military (laughs) to stay out of trouble. You know, I was that kid. I have no younger siblings. My mom was working all the time, and I just had my brothers, you know. So um, when I was signing up, I was like, oh, this is just another job. You know, it, it is what it is. And that's all I could think of, like another job at the time. Wow.
0: So, how did your perception change after serving?
1: Woo! Bro, I said, what these boys done got me into? (laughs) You know, they trick you at first. You know, when you first go to basic, you're on that, um, you have a relaxed little downtime. So, I'm like, oh, this ain't bad at all. This is exactly what I thought. People getting haircuts. You was able to get up when you want to and go to the little shop that they had. And then all of a sudden, some cattle trucks come, bro.
0: (laughs) cattle trucks.
1: They brought some (laughs) cattle trucks. I'll never forget Fort Leonard Wood. And they took us all on the back of some trucks and I was like, they really packing us in like some (laughs) (laughs) cattle. And bro, I'll never forget, we get there and um, they tell us, they start yelling, get out the truck, get out. You know, we run into this big old gym and I, I never forget this young girl named Scipio. I can't, I can't even forget her. And that bitch says 90, what, 93, 98, somewhere in there? And um they were yelling so bad. She tried to run back to New York, bro. They were like, where you running to? She <laughs> running <back>. What? <laughs> you know, when I got there, we, there was no stress cars and stuff. It, it was a whole wake-up call. You know yeah. what
0: I mean? I, I kind of felt the same way. I was kind of like in a way, pushed off the bus. Like, (laughs) with my bag on the front, my bag on the back. I was like, Jesus, I'm looking around. I'm shell shocked already. Like, what's going on? So so what are some things you remember about adapting to military life?
1: Oh, it was a lot. I was a hothead, bro. Um, You know, before I got saved, you could tell me nothing. That's why I said, if you remember, I just said my brother, like, it's time for you to do something different because something happened to you. It's gonna be war in Atlanta. And um, I just remember I had to change my attitude. Right. I had to, you know, humble myself and just learn that it ain't what you expected, but it gotta be something. And the biggest adaptation is I didn't like to work out. Then they called out. Look, we had to run, they gave us about a couple of days out there doing like regular push-up, stuff like that, but we had to run. It took us on the track the first time for two miles. I never forget. I was a, I was a sprinter, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking I could just knock this out if I run fast. Oh no, it wasn't the same. You know, running that hundred or that two hundred or four by one, when the same as running that two miles. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought they were gonna let me finish. I mean, let you know, just stop because I was the last one on the track. Right. And they were like, nope, keep going. <laughs> So the adaption had to come, you know, to get my mind right, to learn to play by the rules, to understand, first of all, there were rules because I didn't have structure, a lot of structure growing up, you know? Right. So that was it.
0: So when did you leave the military?
1: Uh, well, I got out in 2010. Right. Um, It was kind of hard, you know? I um, I had been E7 by then, probably about a couple of years, and I was up for E8. And my sergeant major was like, you gotta, you gotta get this board. You know, why are you getting out? And I mean, I moved to a chill job after that. You know, at first when I started in, going from driving trucks to, you know, doing career counselor was a different ball game. You know what I mean? So it was just, man, you gotta get yourself together. And I was like, medically, it just wasn't feasible anymore. You know, my last deployment, I ended up getting injured and I had to think about my kids. So mm-hmm. I got out in 2010. Oh
0: well, I, yeah. I might have to stand corrected on the rank that I called you at when I first opened up. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm first class. I do some push-ups oh, no. about four years from now. I do push-ups four years from now. <laughs> first,
1: nah, bro. It, <laughs> it is what it is, honestly.
0: What was the process like?
1: Well, to be honest, uh, my process was a lot easier than most right. because, you know, I hate to say it, <clears throat> being a career counselor, we dealt with transitioning soldiers we Mm. we had to know all the rules the va the finance the law you know legal you know that working at that type of job with what i did i was helping sir majors transition so it, it became um something that i was good at and it was you know it was still hard because i of the fear not because of the knowledge but because of the fear of getting out you know so that right there, the transition process was actually smooth for me, whereas it wasn't for others, you know?
0: Right. Was there anything or anyone that helped you during transition from military to civilian life?
1: Well, honestly, not, only person I had with my Sergeant Major. And I, like I said, that goes back to, um, I worked directly with the Sergeant Major at Three Corps. Um, so him and I, he taught me a lot of things that I knew. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I was that soldier at first that would never go to sick call. You know, I was injured. I was injured with the military. And I don't know if he was aware, like in a couple of years before I was transitioning out, he was in a really bad car accident. Hmm. And he was like, you got to go for that while you in, because that's the military job to cover that, too. You know, so the learning process, I would say my sergeant major helped me get through it along with what I already knew.
0: So this is probably something I didn't add to, to what I needed to ask you. How important do you think it is to have your medical records up to date, like on a daily? It's, it's like when things happen.
1: Man, in, in, th- as
0: your military career.
1: I can a hundred percent tell you it is extremely important. You know, I was just telling you how one of the sergeant majors needed my help to transition. This is in the process of me going through a transition as well. I was still working, you know, through the process because, you know, it's a small office, but I felt horrible, you know, the sergeant major in there and um he didn't have anything in his record because, you know, right. back then going to Fort Hood, I mean, I came from Fort Campbell. You as a female at Fort Campbell, you know, we were reckoning and everything. You just don't go to sick call. It's, it's unheard of, you know, and then uh, that's how many male soldiers were. If you were a great soldier, you don't go to sick call or you don't go to the doctor. And that kind of screws you at the end, to be honest with you, because. They only going by what they see in your record. It may have been so. It may have already happened so many times. So I keep stressing and would love to stress that, you know, you got to get those records up to date. You got to find. And now when you're out, it's that much harder. You got to go through a regular doctor or you got to go and they, they, they got to fight you on it, you know? So it's extremely important. That's the top tier thing that needs to be done when you get out.
0: Right. And I can agree with everything she's saying. Cause it it was so hard battling something on the outside of the military, even though I was dealing with these things daily. So I might have seen the doctor probably what for four months when I was getting out. And I, I promise you, only thing that saved me and that was like some that qualified me for anything was a combat action badge. So that was proof within itself. But if I didn't have that, I would have probably been out of luck do you have any advice for anyone transitioning out of the military
1: absolutely i would say um you know as you transition take your time get the knowledge of what's going on uh, record if you don't you know don't wait till the last minute some people thinking i don't want to you know do my va because i still want to work You know, things like that. But the reality is it only gets harder if you get out without taking care of that process while you're in. Learn about all the benefits that's available to you. You know, um, a lot of us get out of transition to different states. Know the states, you know, the difference of the state's benefit because each state is different. You know, people always ask us, why are we still in Texas? Well, honestly, Texas has the best benefits for veterans. And the second best one is Florida, which is not still having reach to where texas is right now so i said make sure you know your you know know what's going on prepare yourself because you earned it you know serving in the military we've done what half the world hasn't done you know and you deserve to get everything that belongs to you
0: man that's big that's big hey real quick real quick before we hop on up off of here man uh you 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 and uh hubby got a uh podcast going on could could you tell us a little bit about what what what's that's about yes She's a believer. I'm a believer. And we're going to put that in the forefront of things right now.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, we got a podcast called K40 Podcast and uh, radio. And it's just about being real and transparent on Christian things. You know, yes, we discuss the word of God, but we talk about real life situations, you know, especially like young adults, um, adults, elderly, you know, things that we live with every day in our life and how, you know, even some of us turn and go the other way because of the hurt or things that happen in ministry and to try to draw them back to God, not to man.
0: Man, that's big. And Hey, we got a, they got another important portion of their podcast and is marriage, which is really big with this day and age is, it seems like man and woman is always jumping out their window to get away from their spouse. (laughs) Hey, could you, could you, could you tell these folks how important it is to stay in ministry and like most most of you people that like okay you may not be be believer but you have to have a connection with your spouse so how important it is to have that connection continue to have that connection and not really hold the person you can hold them accountable but at the same time you have to be quick to forgive
1: absolutely like you said you know for us we we believers you know and one main thing my husband you know we we're a lot alike but a lot different you know what i mean and one thing we realize, you'll never go to sleep mad at each other. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that no matter how angry you are, don't leave your house. You know, don't go sleep at somebody else's house. Don't go sleep in a hotel. Don't even go sleep in another room. You might ain't got to touch me, but you stay in that bed, you know, because that's a way for the enemy to get in. So I'm curious serious anymore. You know, it, it is is not easy and we just need you know communication that's just it's so important it's not in that gonna help and moving forward from it not being so quick to run and find something else because you're always gonna deal with issues
0: yeah that's that's so big and can we can we lay mention to one more thing because
1: absolutely brother we got
0: got the chair going on you G L Y and you ain't got no alibi. Hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna call you ugly, but your husband is another story. But anyway, hey, could you could you tell us a little bit about what you do with, with the uh, cheer thing with the kids?
1: Absolutely. Um, I also work with extreme cheer and tumble. Um, I work from ages eight to nineteen doing competitive cheer. Love the kids because, like I said, we have to be able to plant seeds in lives, not just because of cheer, but because of their future, you know? So we travel the world competing in cheer, you know, I know they just had that little Netflix thing come out, cheer people learning about, but Mm -hmm. we've been doing this for years, you know, Um, cheer has been, it's coming to the forefront and it's just amazing, you know, work with a lot of young athletes that are amazing and does great things.
0: Okay, man. Thank you. Once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. You know, thank you for what you do. I appreciate you for being a part of history. A lot of people, like I, I said it on a couple of other pod, like podcasts that I had with other people, you're a part of history because you you served during the time of war and you were actually over there. So thank you for everything that you do. I thank your big head husband for everything he do. <laughs> I know you're listening. Oh, <laughs> oh you licious. Hey, this best Let's Talk. Who's up next for formation, man?